Welcome to the Shalhaba Community Church Podcast. We hope you're encouraged by the following message. This morning, we, uh, we're going to continue with our, our series this morning, Attracting Abundance. And what we've been doing is looking at principles from the Word of God that we apply to our lives. And as a result of that, it positions us for more of the blessing that God has for us. And when we've been speaking about blessing, we haven't been talking about being blessed in a material sense. We've been talking about attracting more of the love, joy, and peace of the Holy Ghost. There you are, my sister, thinking of you. Amen? Awesome. I shouldn't have done that. Now you're crying and I won't be far either. Oh, Lord. Jesus. God is good. Amen. Attracting more. (laughs) Attracting more of God's love, joy and peace in and around our lives. Amen. And that's what we've been talking about. Not not having more money, bigger, bigger cars, bigger houses, bigger boats, but more of God in and around our lives and our families. And this morning there may well be many people that are seeking God for breakthrough. You might be seeking God for breakthrough in your relationship with Him. You might be seeking God for breakthrough in in relationship with your spouse or your family or your business or your finances or whatever. But this morning, I believe that this principle that I want to share with you this morning has the potential to set you up for the breakthrough and the blessing that God wants to bring upon your life. Amen. You know, we call God, Jesus taught us in uh, Matthew chapter 5, I think it was, our Father in heaven. That was the first time that that that, um, 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 explanation of who God is was actually phrased in the Word of God, that we have a Father in heaven, we have a loving Father, we have a a dear Daddy God in heaven, amen. Our God's not an angry God, He's not a grumpy God, He's not a ticked off God, He's a God that loves us and wants the best for us, amen. But in order to receive all that God has for us, we have to apply the principles from His Word to our lives. Amen. And this morning, I want to share this principle that I believe has the potential to bless your life. Uh, The title of the message this morning is Having a Heart for His House. Having a heart for the house of God. I believe that if you can get this and start to apply this to your life, it has the potential to change your world. Amen. Having a heart for the house of God. Do you have a heart for the house of God this morning? Got a heart for the house of God. Listen to what it says in the book of Psalms, chapter 92, verse 12. It says this, it says, The righteous shall flourish like a palm tree. They shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon. Those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. That's good for all the oldies. Any oldies out there? Oh, yeah. You know, I'm 54 this year, and I, I still don't feel I'm old. But if anyone was under 20, they'd say, You are so old. <laughs> but listen to that. Those that are planted, what does it say? Those that are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God. They shall still bear fruit in old age. They shall be flesh, fresh and flourishing. Those that are planted, those that love God's house, those that are fully committed to building the local church, that are fully committed to seeing the local church become all that God intends it to be, shall what? Shall flourish, amen. And that's the principle that we're looking at today. The unfortunate truth, though, today, there's many Christians that disregard the importance of loving God's church that way, being planted in the local church, loving the local church, and doing all that you can with the gifts and the talents that God has given you to to build the local church. Amen? Um, 
they say uh, some, from some studies, it says that one out of every four adults who possesses a biblical world uh, view agreed with the centrality of the local church in a person's spiritual growth. Only one person out of four see the local church as being important to one's spiritual growth. In fact, just as few as 80% of adults firmly embrace the idea that spiritual maturity requires involvement in a community of faith. And yet when you look at the book of Acts, listen to these verses of Scripture this morning. It says this in Acts chapter 2. So continually daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house, they ate their food with gladness and simplicity of heart, praising God and having favor with all the people. And listen to this bit here. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. What was the work of the Holy Spirit in the book of Acts chapter 2? Adding to the church daily. The Lord's intention was and always will be to see people added to the local church, to be planted in a local church and do all that you can as an individual to make that church grow and become healthy, all that God intends it to be this morning. Are you planted? Are you planted this morning? Those that are planted in the house of God will flourish in the courts of God. Amen. I'm going to say a, a few things this morning that probably will upset a few people, and that's all right. Amen. That's okay. But I believe God is looking for people and wanting people who love the local church. They don't see the church as some restaurant that they eat at from time to time. If I'm feeling like a bit of pastor, I go to the Pentecostal church. Yeah? Hanging out, I want a bit of pastor. I go there, or, or I, I, I might, might feel like a bit of artichoke. So I'll attend the Anglican church for a bit. Hello? Or I might want a bit of bruschetta. So I'll go to the Baptist church for a while. Church is like a restaurant. I just go here and there. I go wherever I feel like having a feed. Or I might have some uh, umboshi. I'll go to the Uniting church. What's umboshi, you're probably thinking? Salted plums. Too many people see church like a restaurant. I'll go here and have a little bit, and I'll go there and have a little bit, but that's not the way that God intended it, amen. When you get born again, God has a plan and a purpose for you. He has a local church for you to be planted in, a place where you can grow and flourish and be planted and then do all that God is calling you to do, amen. But too many people see church like a restaurant. Have a little bit here and a little bit there. No, God wants you to be planted, hallelujah. Planted in the house of God so that you can flourish, hallelujah. Some see it as a place to go when they need a pick-me-up. I need a bit of a pep talk. I'll come to church when I'm just feeling a little bit down and hopefully the pastor will say something to puff me up and make me feel better. No, church is not meant to be that way. We're meant to be committed to the house of God here in week in, week out. Whether it's raining, whether it's hot, whether it's cold, whether it's snowing, whatever the case may be, those are the sort of people that are planted in the house of God. Amen. I'm upsetting some people this morning and it's just delightful. Hallelujah. <laughs> Hallelujah. But there's a principle here if you can apply it to your life you will see the blessing of god come into your life but many people see church like a, a place where i go where i need a bit of a pep talk pick me up no it's not meant to be that way others see the local church or being planted in the local church as an optional extra for christianity you know i have the love of god i've being forgiven by the sacrifice of jesus jesus is my savior but being committed to the church is like no why should i well that's such a slight on 1 John chapter 3.16, where it says that we're meant to love one another the way that Christ loved us. 
very hard to love one another if you're not committed to and a part of a local church. Amen. Because it's within the framework of the local church that we learn what it means to love one another. What do you mean, Shane? Well, in a local church and being a part of a family, there's always great opportunity for offense. And many Christians will do that. They will take offense and they will build it around their hearts. Amen. But it's within the local church that we learn what it means to forgive one another. We learn what it means to get on with one another. We, we, we learn from, from our heart, in our experiences, and in our relationships, and sometimes in the hardships, amen. Who knows, family can be really tough. Oh, no one. I've got five sisters, excuse me, four sisters and a brother. There's six of us. It's a big family. And there's always opportunity, and there has been in the past. There probably will be in the future for offense and stuff like that and misunderstanding. But the family of God, the house of God, when we get planted in the house of God, we start to learn what it means to truly love one another because that's what the Scripture says in 1 John 3, 16, that we would love one another the way that Christ loves us. Amen. Truly laying down our lives for one another. How can you lay down your life for one another if you're not planted in a part of a local church? Amen. This morning, if you're not planted, could I encourage you with all of my heart, take this word on board, take it home, think about it during the course of the week. And I'm not asking you here this morning, this message is not for people to join the local church here, amen. If you want to join the, lo join the local church here and think that it's a perfect place, well, it ain't. <laughs> We're a family, what's and all. You know, all sorts of stuff can take place and the fence and all sorts of things like that. But I really want to encourage you, there's such a, a powerful thing in being planted in the house of God. When we get planted and we make the decision that this is, this is the house of God and I'm going to love this church the same way that Jesus loves the church, amen? The Bible says that Christ died for the church and he gave his life for it because he loves it so much, amen? We're called to love the local church that much as well. Hello? We're meant to love the house of God, love this place. This is not perfect. We've still got yellow chairs and black walls and all sorts of stuff like that. And, you know, bald, really, really good looking pastors, you know, all that stuff. But we're, we're, at the end of the day, we're meant to be committed and to love the house of God, to love it. When you love it, when you get planted, the Bible says you'll flourish. You'll flourish when you get planted. But too many Christians get transplanted. They go here, they go there, they get upset there, and they go over there. And guess what? As soon as you leave for offense, guess what is waiting for you at the next place? The same demon. Yeah. And then they go to another place and they get offended again because they haven't dealt with it and realize that they were supposed to go back to where they first started and be bigger than the smallness of their attitude. But many Christians don't. And then ultimately, in the end, they don't go to church anymore. And that's heartbreaking. But if you make the choice to get planted, if you make the decision, come, come or high water, I'm going to be in the house of God on a Sunday. I don't care what the enemy tries to... If you make that decision, that switch on the inside, then I tell you, things start to change. Amen. For those that are planted in the house of God, they shall flourish. Amen. Hallelujah. Floating Christianity, such a slight on the teachings of the Word of God. Now, God wants and always look for people who are committed to building His church. Amen. 
God always, through Old Testament, through New Testament to today, has always been looking for a people that are committed to building the house of God. In fact, I love these few thoughts out of the Old Testament, looking at one man, uh, David. Throughout history, we see that David had such a heart for the house of God. We could say in the Old Testament was the house of God, but today it's like the church. Amen. Right? The house of God, we could say the church of God. Same, same thing. David was known as a man after God's own heart. He had a heart for the house of God and preparing um, for it to be built. Scripture states this in 1 Chronicles chapter 29. Listen to his attitude towards the house of God. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all of my might. He's getting ready to take up an offering to invest in the future so that the house of God, the temple of God, the church could be built. What's his attitude? He said, I've prepared for this with all of my might. Hallelujah. Then it goes on to say in verses 3, it says, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of God, on, on his church, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I have prepared for the holy house, my own special uh, treasure of gold and silver. We won't go there today, but it was an incredibly ridiculous amount of gold and silver that David had, had uh, accumulated over a period of time. And rather than think that wealth is for me, he said, no, God, I want to use it to build your temple because I love you. Amen. But you know, this morning, there is so much treasure in this place, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous how much treasure is in this house. And I'm not talking about gold and silver this morning. I'm talking about the gifts and the talents that God has invested into every believer. There is so much talent here. I mean, we would just, if we had a talent show, I don't know, you know, it'd just be ridiculous how good looking we would all be if we just started to unravel and unwrap the gifts and the treasures that God has placed within us. Amen. God's wanting us to be planted in the house of the Lord so that we can flourish. But in order to be planted, we've got to make that commitment in our hearts. I'm going to be committed to a local church, whether it's this one or whatever one it may be. Get committed to a local church. Get planted in the house of God and then watch what God will do. Amen. And then use the gold that God has given you to serve and to build and to do all that God has entrusted to you. Amen. You're getting anything this morning? I hope you do. I love that thought there. David had a heart for God's house. And this was expressed through the words like, with all my might, my strength, my affection, my emotion. We find as we move on that David didn't get to build the house of God, but he sought the provision for his son Solomon to build it. Solomon goes on to build the house of God. And we see at that dedication, the presence of God was so glorious because people had a heart for the house. Amen. People came and had a heart for the house. And this is what happened in 2 Chronicles chapter 7, verse 1 through to, through to 2. May this happen every time that we meet together. Hello. May this happen every time we meet together. It says this, when Solomon had finished praying, fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offering and the sacrifices. Wow. 
And the glory of the Lord filled the temple, and the priests could not enter the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord filled the Lord's house. The glory there, that word kabod means weight. The weight of God's presence was so thick that the priests couldn't get even into the house, into the church of God. Oh, look, the more that we love the house, the more that we love God in the house, the more that we love one another in this house, the more of the glory of God will come. Amen. Oh, yeah, yeah. Amen. Imagine that, just a line of people in the foyer. Just can't get in the door there because the glory of God is so heavy. Call me a dreamer. That's all right. Hallelujah. Uh. <laughs> glory to God. Mm. Amen. Crazy ball, man. Hallelujah. The glory, the kabod, was so heavy, the temples couldn't get in. Draw back from the picture. Solomon's father had such a heart. He gave all of the treasure pretty much that he had to build the temple. All the people came together. They all just loved Love the thought of building the temple. They get in this building process. They build the temple. They give, they, give, they give their all to seeing the church become, the temple become all that God intended it to be. And then on that prayer of dedication, the presence of God is just so overwhelming because God sees people's hearts. He sees how that they're planted. He sees how that they're, they're in the courts of God. And as a result of that, they're flourishing. And as a result, God pours out such a blessing upon them. Attracting abundance, attracting more of God's presence. It comes as we have a heart for the house. Amen. Have you got a heart for the house? Heart for the house. Just as the blessings came and people loved the temple, the church, the opposite was true when people neglected it as well. I would be amiss not to share some insight into this few verses of Scripture out of the book of Haggai because we see in First Chronicles, when people had such a heart for the house, God poured out such a blessing. But there's another parallel here. It's in the book of Haggai. It's the story of the rebuilding. They're 16 years into a rebuilding plan. They started out with great zeal in rebuilding the temple, rebuilding the church. They're all like, we're planted, we're here, we want to build. They start out with zeal, but they start to lose sight. How many people know someone or can relate to starting out strong, but somewhere along the way losing your way? Maybe it's time this morning if you're here and you're just, you know, I'm not quite sure about being planted. Then this message is for you this morning. Amen. Get planted. Plant yourself in the house of God and see what God will do as a result of that. But they started out with zeal, but then we see through Scripture in Haggai chapter 1, verse 4, God chastises His people through the prophet Haggai because the people of God had lost their heart for the house of God. Listen to what He says. God speaking through Haggai. Is it time for you yourselves to dwell in your paneled houses and this temple lies in ruins? You know, I've found it funny in the past. Never happened in Shell Harbor. But you know how people in church sometimes they can bring bring their, their old TV and make a donation to the church. You know, the, the, not the flat ones, the old ones. But yet sitting in their homes, they've got a beautiful flat screen TV. How does that work? Well, we want to bless the church with a, our broken down refrigerator. 
We've just bought a new one, but we're going to bless the church with it. Hello? Well, the old armchair, it's just not reclining anymore, but we'll bless the church with it. The pastor probably needs it in his office. But we go and buy a brand new armchair. The prophet, God was speaking through the prophet saying, how dare you sit in your paneled homes that are looking so wonderful while my temple is in ruins? Oh, you won't come back next week now for sure. <laughs> Some of you thinking, oh, I was going to bring that TV down, but not now. <laughs> not now, I'm not doing that now. Well, I've got that fridge, but it's going to the tip. Hello? Hear my heart this morning. I'm not here to condemn anyone, but to show some truth out of the Word of God. When we love God's church like it's our home, God does stuff in our lives. Amen? When we love this place like it's our home, it's His home, but it's our home, then God does stuff. He's so faithful. So remember, he says, is it time for yourself to dwell in your paneled homes and this temple lies in ruins? Remember about the breakthrough when we love what God loves, the blessing of God comes. Well, look at what the results were of not loving God's house to this particular group of people. It says, thus says the Lord of hosts, consider your ways, go up to the mountains and bring wood and build the temple that I might take pleasure in it and be glorified, says the Lord. I want you to underscore in your mind that words there, and be glorified, says the Lord. What was the outcome intended by God for his people building the temple? Listen to it. That he would be glorified. God is glorified by a people who love the house of God. When we come here on Sunday ready to worship, God is glorified. When we serve others during the week and on a day-to-day basis with the gifts that God has entrusted, God is glorified. When we bring our tithe and we bring our thirst and our best in the house of God, God is glorified. Amen. God is glorified. But it goes on. It says, You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts? Listen to this this morning. It might be up on the screen. Is it? No. Yes, it is. Great. says this, Because of my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. Because my house, that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. That's so hard, God. That, that's just like right in their faces. You started out 16 years before. You had a zeal to build, rebuild the temple to make it a place where the people of God could come and worship. 16 years on, you've forgotten what you started out to do. And now it's all about me building my home. And God says, how dare you run to your, temp- run to your paneled homes while my temple is in ruin. That's, that's real attitude there, isn't it? But get the picture this morning. Are, are you planted? Are you, are you loving the house of God? Are you doing what you can do to make God's house all that he intends it to be? Because if you're not, you're missing out on all that God has for you, or the more that God has for you. Hallelujah. Just about done. And a number of you are saying, great. (laughs) That's all right. You look for much, but indeed it came to little. And when you brought it home, I blew it away. Why, says the Lord of hosts, because my house that is in ruins, while every one of you runs to his own house. God challenges their priorities. What's more important, your house or my house? Whoa. 
You now see in this next verse of Scripture the results of not choosing to love his house. This is what God says to the people um, through the prophet Haggai as a result of not having a heart for rebuilding the temple. He says, Therefore the heavens above you withhold the dew, and the earth withholds its fruit. For I have called a drought on the land, wow, and the mountains, on the grain and the new wine and the oil, on whatever ground brings forth on men and livestock and all the labor of your hands. These verses speak of drought. I believe this. I believe it with all of my heart. With all of my heart. If you're not planted in a local church, then I believe you have the potential to be spiritually barren. Something happens when we come to this place on a, on a Sunday morning. You know as well as I do, it's a struggle to get here. Amen, some Sundays. Hello? I didn't want to come here this morning. <laughs> Seriously. Stuff going on, things to think about. I'd just rather get that little tin boat and go for a fish. Hallelujah. But you know, as soon as you come and you bring your, your family and your, and your, and your, and your, and your, your, your wife and partner into the house of God, something happens. There's a corporate anointing that starts to take place as we worship God mindsets start to get changed situations start to get changed um, weights start to get lifted off something happens in this corporate anointing amen something very very powerful takes place when we do that but like for each one of us it's a choice we need to make isn't it it's just a decision that we need to make but so thankful that we make that decision but I believe that without being committed to building the house, we become spiritually barren. God wants us to love his church the way Jesus loves his church. Jesus said this as I conclude this morning. If I could just have um, our beautiful keyboard player, Lynn, thank you. This is what the Bible says about Jesus' attitude to the church. Matthew chapter 16, verse 18. This attitude is within Jesus. I believe this attitude should be within us as well. And I also say to you that Peter, uh, you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church and the gates of Hades will not prevail against it. Jesus' first attitude towards the church is that he will build it. Amen. Are you building it? Second attitude here is one of love. It says, Ephesians chapter 5, verse 25. For husbands, this means love your wives. Just as Christ loved the church, he gave up his life for her. Wow. Jesus loves the church that much he gave his life for it. We love the house of God by using the gifts and the talents that God has given us. If we see a need, we fill the need. I believe this. The greatest joy on the planet is that we get to serve God by serving others with the gifts that he has entrusted to us. And this morning, beginning of 2019, <laughs> we are so blessed to live where we live. But the challenge to us, I believe, by the Holy Spirit today is are we willing to take that first step and say, God, I'm being planted in your house. Again, you, you get planted where God calls you, amen. Don't have to be here. It's far better look as in Shell Harbour. The pastor of the Anglican Church in the centre of town, he should have been a movie star. 
he's so good looking wherever it is it doesn't matter but as long as you're being planted will you take that first step and say God as for me and my house we're choosing to be planted and serving you I was just preparing this morning this statement came to me and the statement is this this morning it says are we willing to take our gifts and bring them to the altar of surrender are we willing to take our gifts and bring them to the altar of surrender how do you want me to serve God with the gold the jewels the treasure that you've entrusted in me I'm planted in your house I love your house just like David, I've set my affection towards the house of God. <laughs> it's not perfect, but we are so thankful for it. And this is just a little reflection of what heaven will be like. Amen? Let's bow our heads as we pray this morning. Heavenly Father, thank you this morning for your encouragement to us attracting a greater sense of your presence around our lives as we're learning this morning what it means to be planted Psalm 92 verse 12 says the righteous shall flourish like a palm tree he shall grow they shall grow like a cedar in Lebanon those who are planted in the house of the Lord shall flourish in the courts of God they shall still bear fruit in old age they shall be fresh and flourishing Father, in this moment of surrender, we just thank you for speaking to hearts and lives today. May this year be such a year of being planted, of being committed to building the most glorious thing that's on the planet today, and that is your local church. So, Father, speak to us today about our lives, about our families, about where, just wait on God for just a moment before we finish, about where you're wanting us to be planted. Just wait on God for a moment about how you're calling us to serve. Might only just be for a short time each week, half an hour. Serving someone just by using those gifts that God has given you. We love you, God. We so thank you. Let every head's bowed and eyes closed. If you're here this morning and you've never personally asked Jesus Christ to be your Lord and your Savior, if you've never asked Jesus to forgive you of the things that have kept you separated from Him, from knowing God, not from your mind, but from your heart, if you're here today and you'd like to make Jesus Christ your Lord and Savior, while every head's bowed and eyes closed, would you just raise your hand to me just quickly so I can see it this morning, wherever you are. If I look across, thank you, I see that hand. Thank you. Anybody else, just as we look around this morning, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. God, we thank you.
Hallelujah. Can we all just stand to our feet right now? Would you come on out? Could I lead you in a prayer this morning? Please come. That's wonderful. Amen. Hallelujah. Wonderful, wonderful Jesus.